Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brian Krumah. Reverend Brian Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. And grateful this afternoon for your grace that has been given to us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. We pray, Lord, that your spirit will take over this service. Teach us, Lord. Minister to our hearts. Transform us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for this grace that has been given to us to be partakers of this ministry. We thank you. We glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated, please. It's a good place to clap for Jesus as you are sitting. Don't let clapping be difficult for you that we have to always beg you to clap for Jesus. Amen. Wonderful. It's a blessing. You see, always praise the Lord. Always praise the Lord. You know, you see, the brother was giving a powerful testimony. As you are sitting here and your arms are strong and they are moving, you don't know that the Lord has healed you. You see, you do not know that the Lord has delivered you. As you are talking, you are awake, you are breathing, you do not know that the Lord has healed you and delivered you from many things that could have happened to you. Amen. He was in church last week. He had no idea that something like this was going to happen. Do you understand? Yeah. And um, God is good. Wonderful. Today, we want to continue the message we started sharing um, about loyalty and disloyalty. And we are talking about the things that cause the work of God to cease. The things that cause the work of God to stop or to cease. And we are sharing from the book Loyalty and Disloyalty by our father, our prophet, Bishop Dagiwad Mills. Amen. Amen. And um, I want us to look at our foundational scripture for this particular message in um, Nehemiah. Let's look at Nehemiah. I think um, you are being blessed by this message. I am being blessed. And um, I think we are learning so many things. So let's look at our scripture again. Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 6. Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 6. Quickly, it says, So, build to. How many of you have been here since we started sharing this message? You've been here. Okay, why don't you put your hands down? How many of you have not been here since we started sharing this message? You've not been here. One or two. So, we are talking about Nehemiah as the Lord touched his heart to go back and build Jerusalem. The walls of Jerusalem, which represents the church of God was all broken and shattered, and God touched Nehemiah's heart to go back and build. Sometimes God touches our heart. Maybe one of his churches is going down, one of his buildings are going down, and then he will touch somebody's heart to go and build or help build the church. Amen. 
And this is what happened to Nehemiah. So he went to build, and he was gathering people to help to build the church. So he says, so built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. When we have a mind to work, we will fill this place up. When we have a mind, that is all we need, a vision, a mind to work. A mind that this will work. We will do this. When we have that mind, we will build. He said we built because the people had a mind to work. But it came to pass that when Sambalat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the bridges began to be stopped, then they were very rough or they were very angry. When the church was going up, when they were building, these people were very angry. And they conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it, to hinder the work from going on, to slow the work from going up. Nevertheless, we made our prayers unto our God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. And Judah said, the strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed and there is much rubbish so that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversaries, that's our enemies, that's another word for enemies, that is Simbala, Tobiah, the Amorites, the Ashodites, and so on, the Arabs. He says, our adversaries said, they shall not know neither See, till we come in the midst among them and slay them and cause the work to cease. Amen. So the enemies that prevent the church of God from going on, their device, the plan that they devise is that they will come in our midst as a church. They will come in our midst like part of us. They will mingle with us and then we will not even know how. We will not know how they will work. It says, they, and our adversary said, they shall not know, neither see. That means you can't see who is the enemy. You will not know who is the enemy till we come in the midst among them and slay them and cause the work to cease. Hallelujah. And cause the work to cease. That means the weapons that the enemy is using is not so apparent. It is not so obvious. It's not something that you can easily identify or easily see. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It is not something that is so obvious to you. And we are learning through this book, through the scriptures, what these weapons are, what the enemy's weapons are that he uses to fight the church and to prevent the church from going on. And last week, we talked about one of the weapons how he begins. One of the weapons is an independent spirit. An independent spirit. We shared a lot about this. We read so much about this, about Joab giving biblical examples of people who have this spirit. People in the scriptures who have an independent spirit. And we shared so much about that. So I encourage you to listen to it. And then uh, I think we began talking about the second weapon. Isn't that so? The second weapon, and I remember talking to you about the offense. The offense. 
a stage of offense that the enemy uses. The enemy uses to destroy the church of God. Hallelujah. And last week I was sharing with you that offense is one of the most common things or the most common weapon that the enemy has used to destroy many, many churches. Many churches break down because of offense. Hallelujah. And we said it is perhaps the number one weapon that is effective against church members. Effective against the children of God to use this weapon to destroy the church of God. Hallelujah. And I was sharing with you that whenever we gather together, whenever we are together as people, there is always propensity for offense. Do you understand? There is always a chance. There's always the tendency for offense. It is not something that we can avoid. Hallelujah. We can never get rid of offense. Amen. I wish I could say that we are a church that is offense-free church. Like, you come here, you will never be... I wish I could promise you that. You know, in fact, it would be the greatest gift I would have given you if there is such a thing. But I cannot promise you that. There's a scripture in Luke chapter 17, verse 1. Luke chapter 17, verse 1. It says, Then said he, Luke 17, verse 1, Then said he unto the disciples, It is impossible. Say impossible. It is impossible, but that offenses will come. Do you understand? It is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. He says, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. You see, these are two negatives, and you don't, cannot, some of you, your minds, you know, when we take you to minus, minus, and it becomes plus, and minus, plus, and becomes minus, you get confused. That's why you don't like math. It's okay. The signs, they don't help you. But do you have the New King James Version? The New King James Version. Do you, do you have that? Let's see if you have that version. You don't have it. Okay. You, you, you have not searched hard enough. But I want to read from the... Somebody has a New King James Version. Who has that? The projector people have it. Okay. Okay, this is it. Oh, is that the New King James Version? Is it? it too, but verse 1 is what we are reading. You don't have verse 1? <laughs> Amen. Listen, it says, this is Jesus speaking. If you are looking in your Bible, you see that it's in red. Then he said to the disciples, so the quote is Jesus' words. And he said, it is impossible that no offenses should come. This is Jesus. He says, it is impossible. It's impossible that no offenses should come. That means no matter what you do, offenses will come. Hallelujah. No matter how much we teach about it, offenses will come. It is impossible that no offenses should come. Amen. The people and the people who easily get offended also are the people who have been here longer. Amen. People who are established Christians. Of course, you are the ones that also contribute so much to the church. You are the ones that build the church. You are the ones that 
finance the church. You are the ones that do work in the church. You are the ones that sing in the church. Play instruments. Asha. You are the ones that do everything in the church. So it's not strange that you become the target of the enemy. Isn't that so? Yes, it's not strange that you become the target of the enemy. So people who have been around the most, they become target in the church. Hallelujah. Now, I was sharing with you last week that um, joining the church or becoming a part of the church is not only the preaching and the ministration of beautiful songs and worshiping that you join, which may be the reason for other attraction that you will bring you to the church. Do you understand? So last week, I remember I was sharing with you and giving you an analogy that it's the same thing that you will go to a hospital. You see, when you are choosing a doctor, for instance, when you are choosing a doctor and you want to visit the doctor, the things that you look for, you don't even look for the the doctor's nurses. You don't look them up. Isn't that so? You don't read about them. You don't read about the the housekeeping people in the hospital or the security people. You don't look up all these people before you choose that I'm going to this hospital or this clinic to see the doctor. Is that what you do? What do you do? You look up the doctor. You read about the doctor. You search the doctor. You see his credentials. You look at his experience, how many years he's been in practice, and so on and so forth. And with that in mind, you choose that doctor to go and see the doctor. But then, there are so many other things, so many others who also work to make the doctor's work happen. Do you understand? And as you are going to see the doctor, you encounter all these people, or you encounter their work. You will encounter the person who cleans the area. You will encounter the secretary who takes your chart, record, and measures all kinds of things or takes your insurance card and says that, no, not this card, bring another one with an attitude. Do you understand? And if what betire you, you give a wrong card, they shove it in your face like, not this one. We don't take this insurance. You know, and it's like, take your something somewhere. But you see, you want to see the doctor. And no matter what they do, you search for the card and give to them as much as they offend you. Isn't that so? You do. Because your eyes, what, you, what has brought you there is the doctor that you want to see. And the same way, we also, when we are coming here, it is Jesus that we are coming to see. We are coming to hear the word of God. Our mind is on the word of God. Our mind is on Jesus. It is him because of him. It is because of him. He said, unto him shall the gathering of the people be. It is unto him. It is not unto any man. Hallelujah. And so when we are coming here, we say we are Christians. We want to be like Christ. It is because of him that we are coming. So the preaching of the word of God, which is coming from his word, is because of which you have come. In the meantime, you will encounter so many others. We also have our nurses. We have our security guards. We have our cleaners. We have everyone also doing something to make sure that what you came here for, you receive. Amen. And all of these people can offend you. 
All of these people can offend you. So just as you don't look at the other people and leave the place and not see the doctor anymore, you also should not say, because this person did not say hello to me, because this person looked at me with an eye from an angle, because this person looked at me and... I don't even know why closing the eye when you see someone is an offense. (laughs) If you see somebody and then you close your eyes like this, the person gets it like you have offended me. It's a language. What a shock. Do you know how to do that? You see, Kizzy doesn't speak that language. Amen. You see, it's like you go to you 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 go to the um the um you go to the court, they have given you a ticket for driving. They have given you a ticket for overspeeding. And then they have written to you, come to court this day. Come to court this day. And then you go to the court. And as you are waiting to see the judge, you see, the person who is going to decide on your case is the judge. Isn't that so? It's the judge. And that is the reason why you have come. The only person you don't want to show up is a cop who gave you the ticket. (laughs) But the judge is the one you want to see. And so when you come and you are sitting down waiting, you go and you take a number. Isn't that so? And you are waiting patiently. Perhaps you have number 143. And then they are gone through and gone through. And then they have reached number 139. They are taking number 140. Three more people to go. And then as you are sitting there, perhaps you are watching the show. You are watching the um, soap opera in the afternoon. What are some of the soap opera? General Hospital. You are watching General Hospital. This is your program. You watch General Hospital every day at 2 p.m. 2 p.m., you have been in this place, and 2 p.m., General Hospital is on, and then you want the channel to be switched to General Hospital, but there's a clerk who has a remote control. And he says, here, only one channel. We don't change it. So you go, and then you say, I want you to change it to General Hospital. And then she says, we don't change the channel. It's only one channel. And because of that clerk and the way she speaks to you, you are so angry that you decide to leave and go home. You say, I'm not seeing the judge anymore because of your behavior. I'm not seeing the judge. Take your TV. I'm gone. And you quit. You left. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? This is exactly what we do. You have come to meet your God and someone that did not talk to you, someone that did not do something for you, someone that you fought with. Sometimes we fight with our wives or we fight with our husbands at home and because of that, we won't come to church. The choir leader didn't speak to you properly. You know, am I a child that you talk to me like that? Because of that, I'm not coming to the church anymore. I'm not coming to God anymore. I don't need God anymore because of your behavior. That is what we are saying. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing? Yes. That is what we are saying. And we're saying that is the weapon that the enemy uses. These are some of the weapons to bring offense, to drive us away. Hallelujah. To bring offense to drive us away. To bring offense to drive us away. But if we can overcome the offense, the work, the end work is beautiful. 
It's beautiful. Look, you came, the ashes were stopping you. Sit here, don't sit here, move here, take your child out, do this. You can bring your child in, all kinds of things. In the end, you are blessed by the message that we share. In the end, if you don't get offended and you don't leave and you are able to comply with all of that, overlook all of that, and then sit down, you are blessed. You are blessed. Amen. When you go to a construction site and they are building, when they are building, there are so many things that can hurt them. When you are on a job and you are working, there are so many things that can hurt you. Do you know that? There are so many things that can hurt you. And you don't get hurt and then leave. And say, I am hurt, so I'm gone. Do you understand? When you see a beautiful building, so many things have gone in. So many people have been hurt. Sometimes something drops on your toes as you are working, but you sit down a little bit, you are hurt. You sit down a little bit, rub it, rub it, rub it, rub it, and then you go, you shake your toe a little bit like this, shake yourself and move to see that you can step on it, and you are back to work. You are working again. You are working again. You don't leave. You don't go. Sometimes something flies and gets into your eye. You see, it's hurting, it's burning. But you go to the water and rinse your eye, get the thing out. You want to go back to the work. You want to go back and work. Why? Because your eye is on something. You have something in mind. The reason why you woke up early morning, you have something in mind that at the end of two weeks, at the end of two weeks, if I can endure, if I can go through this, at the end of two weeks, they are going to give me a paycheck. They are going to give me a paycheck. So your mind is on something. Your mind is on something. So you don't leave and just run off and go. Isn't that so? Your mind is on something. So no matter what is happening, you endure. You are hurt, but you overcome the hurt. And then you go on because of what is on your mind. Because of what you are expecting. Hallelujah. You don't leave the job for every little offense. When you go to work, you don't leave the job for every little offense. Anything that happens, you leave. Your co-worker was rude to you, so you quit the job. You didn't like how your co-worker was behaving. And so you leave the job. You don't leave because you have something in mind. And you say, you can't get me out of this place. Your behavior can never take me out of this place. That is what we say because we have something on our mind. We need something. That is why we are here. And nothing should drive us out. It says focusing, looking onto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And as long as we can look onto him, nothing can drive us out. Nothing can drive us out. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. You put your food in the refrigerator and your co-worker ate the food. You came, you worked very hard and you have taken your dinner break at 7 p.m. And you go to the refrigerator and somebody has eaten your food. It has happened to me before. But I didn't quit. My wife had made me some nice dinner. Oh, really nice. And I worked very hard. I was busy. I didn't even have lunch that day. Very busy. And then my mind is on the food. And then when I went to the refrigerator, somebody has taken the food, finished the food, and put back the bowl. Not clean. Didn't wash it. 
So because of that, you quit the job and go home. He says, I resign. Take your ID, take your uniform, put everything down and resign because somebody ate your food. But you see, we will leave the church if you take your food and you hide it and somebody ate your food. True or not true? Yeah. Somebody spoke, or your boss, even your boss. Your boss spoke in a certain way to you. The way he gave you the instructions. The way to type the letter. The way to do this. The way, to, the way he or she gave you the instructions was not nice. So I quit. Is that how we do? But we don't do that because our minds are on something. We are focusing on the end of the Friday or Thursday. What is coming? And nothing can move us. Nothing can move us. Amen. Amen. You do everything. Nothing can move us. Even sometimes you are really hurt on the job. You get hurt. You are working in a hospital and you get a needle stick. Needle sticks you and you run to the emergency room. Take a look. Draw my blood. The person has HIV or not. Hepatitis C. Okay, I'm back to work. We don't want to lose a day's work. You don't want to go. Sometimes they say, go home. Go home. You say, no, no, no. You don't want to go home. You say, I'm fine. I'm okay. Because you know that when you go home, something will not come to you. Something will not come. You are, you are taking care of an elderly person and then something happens to you. You are hurt. And then you call the people and they say, you are hurt. They say, okay, leave. Go home. You say, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. And then you are asking for some African herbs to put on it at the place so that you can continue to work. <laughs> you will not go to see a doctor. Hey, bring me some... Um, <laughs> and wrap it. What do we have? What do we have now? Mameda Gomba. And wrap your knee. You are okay. You are flying. You will not even go to see a doctor because you don't want to miss a day's work. Amen. So we see we do everything at our job places. We do everything. Sometimes we do things even to minimize the offense. We do things to minimize the hurt. Do you understand? So we, 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 we don't want to be late. We are there on time because we don't want you to say anything to us that will cause an offense. We don't want to bring any offense. So we run. We run to catch buses. We push. We say that the train, the, the conductor is saying the train is full. You know, the buses are full. You can't get in. And then you are pushing yourself. You want to get in. Why? You want to get at a job. You are not going to heaven. It's not, uh, it's not heaven you are running to. It is a job. But you do everything. Sometimes you are speeding, overtaking people. Put your life at risk. So that you minimize the offense. Sometimes they give us, if you are working in a place where there is danger, they want to minimize the hurt. They give you things to wear. They give you helmets to wear. Yellow, it's not for beautiful dresses. It's not nice like you are dressing at a job. It's for protection. To protect your head. Give you goggles. It's not shades. It's not um, 
a designer goggles for you to wear. Gives you, they give you gloves to wear. They make you wear boots, hard boots with some metal front so that your toes, so that if something hits you, it will not hit you enough to be hurt, to be offended, such that it will put an end to your work. It does not, they don't want you to be hurt because once you are hurt, they want you to be healed quickly and come back to the job. They don't want you to stay away hurt. They don't want you to quit because you are hurt. But the ones that when you are hurt to the degree that you cannot heal, when you are hurt so badly that you cannot heal, they, then it puts you away and it puts your work to a stop. It ceases. And that is what the enemy does to us. The enemy gets us to be offended and we don't heal and then it puts a stop to the work. Amen. Amen. But we also, when we are doing the work of God, when we are doing the, the building of the, the lost church, when we are building God's work, he also gives us protective shields. He gives us protective mechanisms. He gives us protective things to wear. He gives us a helmet. He gives us goggles. He gives us protective boots to be covered. And what he gives us as protection is the Holy Spirit. That is our ammunition. That is our armor. Whenever we are building the work of God, he gives us the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that maintains us. And anyone who is not spiritual enough, anyone who does not have the spirit, they leave. He says that they leave because they have not the spirit. That is the only reason they leave. They leave because you don't have the Holy Spirit. If you are building the church of God, if you are doing anything for the work, if you are, even your presence here beautifies the place and it is making the church go on and is bringing on the anointing, the offense can drive you out. The enemy can make you offended enough that you'll be driven out. But when you have the Holy Spirit, when you have the anointing, when you are covered in that shield, Though you are offended, it helps you to heal. Yeah. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. God gives us the Holy Spirit. So he says in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 10. Are you with me? He says, and then shall many be offended and shall betray one another. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. How many people will be offended? Many. Many. Many means includes the majority of the members will be offended. Many people will be offended. The offense can come from any direction. It can come from the pastor to the congregation, the congregation to the pastor, the congregation to the congregation. You know, sometimes congregation is borrowing among themselves and they don't pay and they are offended. And sometimes you, the pastor, you don't see this person and you think that it is because of something that you said or something that you did. And then when you look into it, you realize you have borrowed some money you don't want to pay. That is why you are not coming to church. So, members to members, we are offending ourselves, sometimes friends to friends, sometimes in ministry, within the ministry, so many areas. It says many. Many. Amen. Now, when you are offended, look at the danger of the offense. 
what follows. It says that when people are offended, they shall betray one another. You see, the enemy is saying, we will not know what hates them. Before they know it, we are in their midst. Causing offense. Did you hear what she said about you? Have you heard that this person is causing offense? Did she tell you to do this? Ah, are you a little child? How can she ask you to do something? Causing offense. She said, I'm saying don't do this. Then you don't do that. Then you cause offense among the other one who instructed you. So, he, they, say, he, they will not know what hates them. And so, he brings offense amongst us, one against the other, one against the other. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Or you don't like my message? You appear as a church which does not understand. Then let me hear an amen. Amen. Yeah. So it says, when you are offended, then we betray one another. We will betray one another. If we do not let the offense go, then we begin to betray one another. You see, we don't betray people in Pentecost. Or we don't betray people in the, even the Lutheran church. We betray one another within us. Then we betray one another. Then we, the secret that someone has confided in you, then you begin to share with someone else. Because of offense. Because of offense. Private things that, Christian sister, I shared with you, I could confide in you that this is my challenge, this is my difficulty. I, I thought I could confide in you. But because you are offended, you begin to betray one another. Because you are offended. This is how the enemy destroys the church. And so sometimes you are there and someone just vanishes. You call the person, the person does not answer. You call the person and then you think it is something that you have done. Can I have an amen? Amen! It says we betray one another. And then we shall hate one another. We shall hate one another. Wow. That is a very serious level. When offense, it can lead to hatred. That is why in the marriage, when you are offended and you don't heal, you begin to hate one another. Something that was love, something that was, I will love you until death do us part. You don't want to see the person's face. Because of offense. Listen, listen to me. Everything that happens in the church, it happens in a marriage. Because that is how Christ compares his church to the marriage. Do you understand? It happens in the marriage. So whatever I'm sharing with you, take it for your marriage also. If you don't heal, if you don't let the offense go, if you don't let the offense go, the enemy creates confusion. The enemy turns what mingles in your head, what looked like love. Now you say, I made a mistake. You, you, you are saying to yourself, you are confessing to yourself, I made a mistake. You know why? Because of offense. Because you see, offense is like when you have a clean board in the classroom and you are writing on it. You get offended and then you write on it. You are taking notes. You write on it. The next day you get offended, you write on it. And then you fill the board with so many offenses. By the time you realize, the whole board is filled and there's no place to write anymore. So when another class comes, there's so much on the board that now what you are writing, they can't even understand. 
They cannot understand. And when we pile offense, that is what our marriage becomes. It becomes like a wet salad. It becomes like a vegetable, what do we call that? The mixed salad. But you see, when you are coming in the marriage and you have a duster, you have something, a cleaner for the board that wipes the offense. Once you offend me, I wipe it off. Once you offend me, I wipe it off. Every time I write on the board, it is clear. It still shows love. I still see love. I still see I love you. I still see the dead do as part. I still see it. It is very clear. And I'm never confused. I'm never confused. But when the offense piles up, it keeps piling up, then you become so confused. You say, I think I made a mistake. And then you are trying to convince yourself because there is nothing on the board that looks like love. The words are mixed up. Too many things. Too many things. And you become so confused and then you say to yourself, I think I made a mistake. I think I should have married this person. Why did I not say yes when this person proposed to me? I think I made a mistake. You did not make a mistake. The only reason is that when you came in the marriage, you did not bring your cleaner. You didn't bring the duster to wipe the ball. To wipe the ball. To wipe the ball. Because he says that you cannot, it's impossible that there will be no offenses. It's impossible. So you should also remember to bring the board, the, the board cleaner. That whenever there is offense, you wipe it off. It's impossible. It's impossible that there will be no offense. It's impossible. Amen. And what is going to keep it going is that whenever the offense comes, it has to be gone. We have to heal from that offense. Amen. Otherwise, you begin to betray one another. You, it tends to hatred so much, so much that, you know, you begin to betray one another. You see, you have married your wife for 12 years. You have married for 3 years. You are married for 14 years. And her soup is never nice. But you see, out of love, to you, it is very nice. To you, it tastes nice. You bring friends home and they are eating the same soup that he has made for you for 12 years. They are wondering why you have stayed in this marriage all this while. They are one, and then they, you sit there with, before them and then you are drinking the soup with joy. And say, Charlie, you like it. My wife or she can really cook. And then you are enjoying it. Because of love, you can't even see that the soup is not nice. And you realize that there's too much salt in it. There's too much salt. So as your friends are drinking the same soup, they look at each other and say, wow, she likes it, but there's too much salt. And then you say, can I have extra salt? I need some more salt. I need some more salt. And then they say, ah, it is the man. It is the man. It is not her. Because the love, the love, it overcomes. It overcomes. They say it's the man. You are taking all the blame for yourself because there's so much love. You cannot see her mistakes. But when, when, when there's offense and you cannot let go, you cannot let go. You see, this is the soup I've been drinking in this house. You see, when I say I'm leaving, people don't understand. This is the soup that I've been drinking. Can you drink this soup? Can you drink this soup? Do you drink this soup? You begin to betray one another because of offense. You begin to betray one another because of offense. Amen. You see, you are married to a husband who doesn't talk much. He doesn't like to talk. He's very quiet, you know. 
And amongst your friends, they see him as a very wise guy. You see, because if you don't talk much, you appear to people like a very wise person. Oh, yes. That's a great secret I'm giving you. When you are at a job, don't talk a lot. They see you as a very wise person. I'm telling you. When you are in a group and they are all yapping and talking a lot, sit quietly, just listen to them. You'll be the one that they will select. When there's a big position, you'll be the one that they will choose. It's a great secret. I'm telling you. And you are married to a man like that. He's not, you know, he doesn't talk much. He's very quiet. But at home, you know that when he talks, only nonsense comes out of his mouth. (laughs) Only rubbish. You know that he can't think about it. He doesn't reason. Everything you say to him, he says, okay. He says, why are the children going to go to school? He says, ah. (laughs) He doesn't contribute to anything. And you know that. But your friends respect him so much. When he comes out, your friends look at him like a very wise man. And they tell you, you have married a man. But when there's love, you see, when they say that, then you too, you say, oh. You see, you are happy. You say, oh, this is my husband. It's a gift of God, oh. I don't know even why I deserve this man. When there's love. But when there's offense, you begin to betray one another. You say, this man. <laughs> Let him open. You engage him in conversation. Now you are betraying him. You want them to know that. You say, you engage him in conversation. Ask him, ask him about the current affairs. Ask him about the stock market. Ask him about what the taxes are. Ask him about the children's school. You want to hear his mouth? Ask him. Then you begin to betray one another because you are offended. Because of offense. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Because of offense. Because of offense, secret things, secret things. Secret things. Bedroom privacy. Secret things because of offense. Because of offense. Then you begin to betray one another. There are certain things we can't talk about. But private things, because of, you see, when you are offended and you don't let go, you begin to betray one another. He says that, he says that, look at that scripture. He says, and then shall many be offended and shall betray one another. And what looked like love is now hatred. They will hate one another. Hallelujah. I tell you, offense is the strongest weapon that the enemy uses against us, against in every union, in our marriages, in our families, in the church. Offense is the greatest weapon. Offense is the thing that makes you, one night you are very happy, the next day you are carrying your things and you are living, provoked by offense. Just offense. That you could not let go. You cannot heal. Amen. So we also, we ought to know how to minimize the offenses. We ought to know how to minimize the offenses. Hallelujah. Do you want me to show you how to minimize the offenses? Then we cannot begin right now because um, our time is over. Our time is up. And I want to pause here. There is so much that I want to share with you. And um, we cannot. So we want to pause here. So number, the first weapon that you have learned is what? The independent spirit. The independent spirit. 
And the second weapon, offense. And then we will pause here and then we return after the commercials. Hallelujah. So I'm not out of words, but I'm out of time. So let us pause here and then we will continue next time we meet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. Thankful and grateful in the name of Jesus. Lord, we are thankful this evening, this afternoon, Lord, for the grace that has come upon us, for this great revelation that you are delivering us from the spirit of independence, that you are healing us, oh God, from the offenses, the offenses that drive us away, the offenses that drive us from your congregation, the offenses that the enemy brings, oh God, to break down your church. Father, these are they that separate themselves. These are they that separate themselves. You say, when we are sensual, when we are in the world, when we are in the flesh, when we are sensual and having not the spirit. But Lord, you give us the spirit. You give us the weapons. You give us of your spirit that we will not separate ourselves. That we will not be sensual. That we will not be physical. That we will not be carnal. Father, give us of your Holy Spirit. That helps us, oh God, to fight the offenses. Helps us, oh God, to heal from the offenses. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we set our hearts to build the church. To build your house. That the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. May we ourselves not become the gate of hell. In the name of Jesus. We can thank you, Lord. We are grateful, Lord. That you have chosen us to be a part of this great ministry. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now with all eyes closed. With all eyes closed. And every head bow. You are here this afternoon. You are not born again. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to give your life to Jesus. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and as my Savior. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is your prayer, your prayer this afternoon is, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. Wherever you are, just lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Jesus? Is there anyone here like that? You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. This afternoon is my afternoon. It's my day today. I want to receive Jesus Christ. Beloved, do not live here if you do not have Jesus as your Savior. You are not born again. You want to receive the salvation that comes only from Jesus. If that is you, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Wherever you are, lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Is there anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Father, we are grateful and thankful for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message. We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Duel of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Rev. Bright Nkrumah, please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North Podcast or contact us at 929-247-0738. Stay blessed.